right, well, some good news, people. I dare say a fair bit of it. The Blue Jays win tonight by a final score of 7-1. Chris Bassett looking absolutely marvelous. The offense scoring six runs or more for the ninth time in their last 10 games. Lost to the Nationals is the only time they haven't done it in their last 10 games now. And to top it off, no more late games for those of us on the East Coast. For the rest of the season, all of the games from here on out will be in God's intended time zone, EST. Welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali with you, flying solo, taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text me. That's the people's text line. It's always open. I love the West Coast. Don't get, don't misunderstand me. Vancouver is maybe the only place in the country I'd live in outside of Toronto. But for uh, this Torontonian, I'm, I'm very excited for some 7 p.m. Eastern or earlier baseball for the rest of the year. Uh, but thankfully, we say goodbye to late games with a 7-1 Blue Jays win over the Athletics. They take the series. They're looking for the sweep tomorrow or I guess later today here on the East Coast. And uh, they are now, as of right this second, in a playoff spot, they currently occupy the third wildcard spot over the Rangers, who continue to just be in a free fall. But we will get to that and uh, more of the uh, scoreboard, out-of-town scoreboard standings watch on the other side of the break. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we start today with Chris Bassett? Because how could you not? Very apropos that it was uh, Bark at the Park Night, I believe it was it was called, right? A lot of dogs in the park which uh, seems uh, appropriate considering there was one on the mound for the Blue Jays. The Hound, Chris Bassett, was just dealing. Like, my, my goodness, eight innings, seven hits allowed, one run, which was earned, Jordan Diaz, RBI. Seven Ks, no walks, 97 pitches thrown. And, of course, he seemed to be dealing with something. We'll have to see what, what ba- either Bassett says or Schneider says after this game, but seemed to be dealing with something on the finger, right? Like, seemed to be bringing his finger and thumb together very often. Like we saw there were some shots of what looked like blood on the hands and kind of like where he had wiped it on his pants, but he seemed to be largely okay. Chris LaRue, former major league pitcher did bring up a good point on the broadcast tonight in that it's likely not a blister because if you get to the point where there's actual blood it's very, very unlikely you can pitch. So maybe a cracked nail, perhaps if that's the case, I wonder what, what are the chances they just put some like super glue on his nail, some epoxy, Whatever they did, it, it sure seemed to be working. It, it kind of looked like early on the uh, umpire stopped him for the substance check. And he, you know, they often do that. They don't do it every single inning, but they do it a lot of the time. But he showed them the, he showed them his fingertips uh, to somewhat explain that it wasn't sticky stuff. And I guess was blood. But uh, either way, he was he was touching his finger and or thumb on that right hand almost every time he released a pitch. But obviously still very effective. Chris talked about this as well. The curveball looking good, drop dropping in there like a hammer. I actually thought it got more effective as the night went on because I thought early and he got he got I don't want to say bailed out, but he certainly got some help from the defense on a number of double plays, especially in the first and second inning, where it kind of looked like he was he was in the middle of trying to work through whatever was going on with that those fingers, right? But uh, the the curveball. He actually dialed down the usage of it specifically. If you compare the last time he threw eight innings, which was the last time out against the Nationals, he threw the curveball 
just over 22% of the time at the Rogers Center against the Nats. Tonight, he threw it just over 16% of the time. More or less, everything else was was the same, though. He, he actually did throw the four-seamer a little bit more, it would seem, to make up for the lesser curveball. And he did get the, at least for Chris Bassett, because we know he's kind of like Hengen Ryu, in, in, a, in the sense that he doesn't throw very hard, even for his hardest pitches. But he did get the VLO of the fastball higher than we usually see it, which was good to know. But uh, more or less, everything else was the same, like the sinker, the cutter, the splitter, the change, the slider, all of which he threw in addition to the, the curveball and the forcing fastball, all within like, you know, one or two percentage points versus the last time out. So he really only ch- seemed to change the game plan in terms of curveball to four seamer. And, and it was terrific. It was great. Only Zach Geloff and Seth Brown seem to have any consistent success. Like they combined those, those two guys alone went four for eight off of Bassett and everyone else combined went three for 24, including Jordan Diaz, who had the A's only run. He was, he was phenomenal tonight. I, I can't say it enough. And yes, I, I hear people who, who are like, well, they should have dominated the A's and they did. And you know what? That's a valid, (laughs) that's totally valid, but it is nice to see it come this way for Bassett. We can talk about the offense in a sec, but it's just Bassett. He's so fascinating to me because I remember someone had called in or texted in early in the year when Bassett was, I mean, we all remember he had a pretty terrible start to the season against, I guess it was the Cardinals. And, uh, and he had a slightly, slightly better start the next time out. And then a slightly better start the next time out all the way to the point where he got to the, the nine inning complete game shutout against the Braves at the Rogers center. And he's had a little bit of an up and down season, I think on the whole, but generally speaking, Bassett, even if he is treated as the previous caller or texter had said, uh, even if he is treated as a three or four starter, and he was kind of masquerading someone as a two starter earlier in the season. I mean, we're getting the best, the best of Bassett, certainly. And I, I got to think that I'll, at least some of it, at least a little bit of it does play into the fact that he's going back to Oakland, a place he pitched for or pitched at, pardon me, uh, for six seasons, right? He pitched there from 2015 to 2021. He was not drafted by the, uh, the A's drafted by the White Sox, I think, but uh, he did pitch for the uh, A's for a very, very long time. And you got to think there's at least some factor of it has to do with, you know, want to beat your old team you just you just want to do that let's go to the phones uh let's get you involved in this conversation 416-870-0590 888 star 590 on your cell john's staying up late with us john's in hamilton john what's on your mind welcome to jstock yeah i'll preface this by thank you guys for taking my call yeah. i'll keep it concise and really to the point as a jay supporter i am how do you get behind the team when if they get to the playoffs they're not going to beat Baltimore. They're not going to beat Houston, Tampa. I mean, they could beat Minnesota, but they're probably going to be one and done. How do you get behind them? I mean, the team hasn't been constructed properly. I'm looking at the big picture. Hey, John. I think I, it's a fair question. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's a valid question. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on JSTOC. I uh, Look, it, it, I think and I, I, this is going to sound like a bit of a platitude because – I've had this conversation with some of our colleagues. People around here are are of uh, different minds as to whether or not they will make the playoffs and uh, when, who they will beat, if anyone, if and when they do make the playoffs. Everyone is has different opinions on what's going to happen. 
even even if I just narrowed it down to my 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 pals at the radio station, I think everyone kind of has different opinions on it. For me, at least, this is just my this is where I fall on things. You play 162 games because literally anything can happen in the playoffs. I know that sounds like a cop out, but you play 162 games because like for the essentially for the chance to roll the dice in the playoffs. So to say they have no chance of beating Baltimore, Houston, or Tampa, I personally think is wrong only because they can, they very much can. The, the record is not against is, is, is against them. Pardon me. When it comes to their record against the Baltimore Orioles this season, what three and 10 against the Orioles all year. Yeah. That's not good. Don't get me wrong. It's not good, but, uh, they can absolutely beat the Astros. The Astros, I know the Astros took it to the Rangers today, but the Astros have looked pretty awful for large chunks of the season. And the Blue Jays actually did win the season series against the Astros. They won three of four at the Rogers Center against these. Again, they were an injured Astros team. This is very true. Jose Altuve now returning. And I mean, Altuve hit three bombs tonight. So, I mean, he, obviously his return means something to the to the team, but... They're not they're they're not the the unbeatable team that they looked like for much of last year and for certainly the entire playoff run when they were just dominating teams for much of the uh, postseason. But and and the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm the first guy who will refer to the Rays as a somewhat of a zombie team because it doesn't really matter who is is or is not on that team. It it kind of does feel like they can they can do whatever they want. Like it it certainly feels like to replace their, their shortstop. They can just go to like the golden corral across the street and get, get the guy behind the cash register to go out, go over and play at the trop. And he'll probably be pretty good. Right. The, the, the Rays just, the Rays have that pixie dust. They just sprinkle on a bunch of guys. But uh, I, I, I truly do believe that if the blue Jays make the playoffs, it, because the cliche is like, Oh, they're the team that no one wants to play. Like that is such a cliche. But like with most cliches, there is a kernel of truth usually buried in most cliches. And I really do think at least for baseball and maybe, maybe a little bit the NFL too, because the playoffs are single elimination, but for baseball, there's so much variance in what happens in any single game where like, you know, a single throw up the first baseline can change things. I'm not saying you're banking on like a poor throw for the Jays to win or anything like that. But I think you understand my point is simply that you get to the playoffs. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, they could get, they could, you could, you could ask for them to play the Twins. And they could lose to the Twins in two games. That's very possible. They could also get all the way to the ALCS. It's, it's, it's equally possible. I know it sounds like you're kind of selling dreams here a little bit because based on the way the team has played for the vast majority of 2023, but uh, I, I really do believe that in baseball, almost more than any other sport because of, of the, the incredible variance from like pitchers on a night to night basis from the batters on a night-to-night base, from the umpires and their strike zone on a night-to-night basis, anything can really happen, which is why, that's how I sell it, at least. That's why I think to myself, how do you get behind, how do you answer the question, how do you get behind a team that uh, you feel might not beat anyone in the playoffs, but hey, I think it's it's uh, really open once you get there. Uh, let's continue taking your calls. Uh, 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. George in Port Dover. George, welcome to Stock. What's on your mind? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for your call, for to accepting my call, and uh, I love to hear you. Listen, um, it's it, that man, Chris Bassett, is just an Iron Man. He he is showing what he's all about, and I am just totally impressed. And he's going to take us. If anybody can take us all the way into the uh, the at least a couple of rounds in the playoffs, he's the guy. And and it's pretty impressive to watch 
somebody with such class, such style, and really uh, a bit of a you know he's he's a he's a uh, just just an incredible ball player, and uh, it's so wonderful to see him. And I know he also participates locally. So um, uh, hats off. Yeah. Hey, George. Thanks for the call, man. The uh, the the praise for Chris Bassett cannot be undersold. That's for sure. Again, he was great. No walks, seven strikeouts, eight innings of work for the second straight time. If you missed Ben Wagner saying this, uh, Sportsnet Stats dug this up just after the game ended. Chris Bassett, the first Blue Jays pitcher to throw eight or more innings in back-to-back starts since Aaron Sanchez did that in 2016. That's very impressive. Also kind of wild that that hasn't happened since 2016. I guess it just doesn't happen very often for pitchers, generally speaking. But, hey, the Hound Dog was excellent tonight. Cannot be understated. And, uh, you know, it's funny to think about Bassett in maybe his place in a potential wild card three-game series. Because I think for much of the season, at least until maybe like until a couple of weeks ago, maybe this this would have been different. But I think for a lot of people, the order, if you're deploying your pitching rotation in a three-game set, it would be, I think a lot of people would go Gosman, Barrios, Kikuchi. Uh, and there's been a little bit of regression, I would say, for certainly for Gosman, a little bit of regression for Kikuchi. Not, I don't think anything to be super concerned about. But I, I do kind of wonder. I mean, you, a lot of people say, hey, go, you go with the hot hand. If if there is a teensy bit of regression for Kikuchi and Bassett continues to pitch well, I don't think you're going to get eight innings from every from him every single time out, as nice as that would be. But if Bassett continues to play well and Kikuchi does, yeah, just take a, like a little bit of a step back. Maybe that conversation changes. Maybe it is Gosman, Barrios, Bassett. Now, again, I've always said that one game should not be a referendum. Win or loss should not be a referendum. So I don't want to sound like I'm going to be too prisoner of the moment. Put Bassett in the third spot in a wild card series. Maybe that does happen, though. Again, maybe he does continue to play very, very well. I guess his, I guess his next start now lines up against the Texas Rangers at the Rogers Center next week. Because there's a, obviously, got tomorrow's game. is a day off on Thursday. Three games against the Royals, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the Rangers are in Toronto beginning on Monday, September 11th for four games. So Bassett probably going to be the first pat, uh, batter, or pardon me, first pitcher of that uh, of that series for the Blue Jays, if, if the math works out correctly. I'll double-check that on the break because we're going to take a look at the standings watch presented by Bet365 on the other side of the break. Uh, let's take a look at the text line. 590-590, name and location. I read this one earlier. I just want to reread it in case anyone missed it. Ethan from Thornton, uh, he says, uh, well, man, after that game, the babe needs to be put in the starting lineup tomorrow. He was also very good tonight. He did strike out twice to start, but came through in a big spot. So, uh, you know, you need your hottest hitters in the lineup. I support David Schneider being in the starting lineup as as much as humanly possible. Uh, But Ethan also said, I'm watching the Jays in Oakland and a rat ran by my seat. So, well, at least they won, right, Ethan? That's the good. That's the the only thing that matters. Uh, Steve in Vancouver says, hey, show. Apparently it's Bark at the Park in Oakland. Fans taking their dogs to the ball game where the, the Jays have their dog, Chris Bassett, the Bassett Hound. See, we're on the same page, Steve. I like it. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's no name on this one, but it does say, OMG, am I watching a CFL football game or the Blue Jays? Those horns are so annoying, but it worked. It's true. You did kind of hear like the, like the, what do they call it? Like the Vuvuzelas? I think that's what they're called. Those like really long horns. 
that don't have any like buttons on them or anything, but you just kind of blow into them. I feel like we hear slash see them a lot. I get the FIFA World Cup, oddly, but uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. We did hear them a lot, though. Perhaps a side effect of there being precious few fans. Actually, the only thing I could really hear in the background, at least on the radio side, because obviously I'm watching the TV, but I'm, I'm hearing slash listening to Ben and Chris on, on the radio side. Uh, apart from the Vuvuzelas, I feel like the only thing you could really hear tonight was people yelling, sell the team. Like, even, even more than, like, let's go A's, it was a lot of sell the team chance, but I mean... It is a shame what's going on there. Apparently, the A's are going to play in the Vegas Minor League Ballpark next year, which holds about 10,000 people. But, I mean, that seems to be about what they've been getting this season. Pretty crazy. Uh, Darren and Bolton on the text line. Again, 595.90, name and location. He says, show, as, as long as we get to the postseason, we are dangerous. I just can't promise they get to that dance. That's Darren and Bolton. And again, it's a kind of, it's a fair thing to worry about because even with all the winning they've done in the in the uh, off discuss stretch against bad teams, they're still only half a game above the Rangers. So that four game set still looms very large. Again, I think I guess now you are in theory hoping for the Astros to win and sweep the Rangers tomorrow, and for the Blue Jays to then sweep the A's and are complete the sweep, I should say, because then you'll be, I guess a game or a game and a half up on the Rangers going into the series against the Royals. And, and the, you know what? I'll say this. The Royals have not been a bad team. I mean, okay, let me rephrase. They are a bad team. They are absolutely don't get me wrong, but they have played much better as of late, making things at the very least competitive with a lot of their stars playing like their stars. So the blue Jays, like you can't, the point is they can't take anyone for granted. And I mean, look tonight, there's some text on the text line about things that went on tonight, like Craig from Toronto. They won a necessary game. They still looked weak. You know, I see <laughs> Grecian from San Fran. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, thanks for texting in. Game good. Sometimes game bad, but tonight game good. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, man. I, that's, that's fair. <laughs> but it, it's true. Like you, just, you can never take anyone for granted. The Oakland Athletics are a team that have beaten, have taken series from the Rays, the Braves, I think they took series from some of the other contenders as well. All up and down the Dodgers, like all up and down Major League Baseball. So good thing, good that they did it, but they have to keep doing it certainly tomorrow with perhaps the A's best pitcher on the mound, J.P. Sears, who I think for large chunks of the season has actually uh, been, he's been right up there with Gosman for lack of pitching well, but lack of run support. I think there was actually a point where Sears was number one in innings pitched with a lack of run support. Gosman was number two. I actually think Gosman has, has supplanted him. I don't know if that's actually changed after the last couple of starts for Gosman, but uh, JP Sears going to be a, is a, is a, certainly a tougher out that I would think on paper than Luis Medina and Ken Waldachuk. So we'll have to see what the Blue Jays offense is uh, looking like against him tomorrow. Uh, before we take a quick break, I just wanted to quickly say, you guys know I'm a big fan of Bowden Francis. I see some text here about Bowden Francis. Love watching the guy pitch. But he looked good tonight, didn't he? Like I, I do still think that the days of Francis being a starter are likely over, but he came in tonight and attacked these guys. He strikes at the side. He was not nibbling. He was not afraid. And he never has been. I don't want to make it sound like he has been before and has only now changed it, but he has looked great. I, I think Arden Zwelling, of course, of Sportsnet, tweeting out a little while ago that if there was a sixth starter for the Blue Jays, it would effectively be like a combo of 
Richards and or Bowden Francis. But hey, I think the way Francis has pitched, it does make you confident that if they had to weather that storm, you hope they don't have to. But if they had to weather the storm between now and the end of the regular season, then Bowden Francis can come in because he's been great. He Maybe he goes down eventually, but he's been making a, such a great case to not be sent down that there, there are going to be some tough decisions Certainly when perhaps when Eric Swanson comes back, he's eligible to return first game of the series against the Rangers next Monday. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a, uh, he's making it a tough decision, which is always a good thing because you want to have more tough decisions be made about good players than not. But boy, Byron Francis has looked great. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we will go back to the phone lines, back to the text line as well. And we'll also take a look at the out of town scoreboard and the major league standings watch. Presented by Bet365. More Jays talk to come. Show Ali with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's kind of what he does. You know, I think just being efficient with his pitches, pitch mix is a little bit different the last handful of outings, I think. Um, and he's seen the results of that. But um, he's been he's been this guy for a while. And he's had some huge games for us. Another one tonight. That is John Schneider discussing the outing of Chris Bassett. Eight innings, seven hits, seven Ks, no walks. As the Blue Jays grab a 7-1 win over the Oakland Athletics. They have won the series. They aim for the sweep tomorrow. Hyunjin Ryu, J.P. Sears, the pitching matchup tomorrow. Before we go back to the text line and the phones as well, let's get to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. I actually saw a text here from Kate in Vancouver who uh, says, hey, show, there's been so much doom and gloom recently that checking the standings after today's win totally baffled me. Are we seriously only half a game back of the Mariners? A win is a win is a win. Go Jays. It's uh, very true. It's a very true sentiment, Kate. Pretty wild, honestly. Things going very well for the Blue Jays on the out-of-town scoreboard as we check in on the AL wildcard race. So the Tampa Bay Rays uh, did win tonight. They got a walk-off home run in the 11th inning, the bottom of the 11th inning at the Trump from Brandon Lau. They had three-run jack, so they beat the Red Sox. I think 8-5 to five was the final score. The Rays win 84-50, or pardon me, 84-55. Can you imagine that was the final score? They are 84-55 on the season. Uh, they are the number one wildcard team right now. The Mariners have lost three straight. They got walked off by the Cincinnati Reds. Go Cincy, right? Christian Encarnacion Strand walking off the Mariners with an RBI single to score Ellie De La Cruz from second. We, don't, we do not have to revisit the last Christian and Encarnacion strand walk-off. Let's not do that. Let's let's say we did and not do it. <laughs> but the Reds beat the Mariners 7-6. And the Blue Jays, who are just half a game back, as Kate says, of those Mariners, the Blue Jays are 77-62 and 62 with the win, and now they are a half game up on the Texas Rangers, who fall out of a playoff spot, which is just wild to say, uh, given how unbeatable they looked for much of the year, the Rangers are 76 and 62. Again, a half game back. They got pummeled by the Houston Astros tonight. My goodness. They are they want they lost, pardon me, 14 to 1. And of course, speaking of those Astros, with the Mariners losing and the Rangers losing to the Astros, the Astros are now uh, the division leaders in the AL West. So of course they're still going to be in the mix, but they are 79 and 61 compared to Seattle's 77 and 61. Texas is 76 and 62. So that's a quick check of the standings watch presented by bet three, six, five. I see a text here that just says Astros are next. (laughs) LOL. That's pretty funny. I see another text here from Connor in Ottawa. 
Uh, actually, a couple. Connor says, Bassett, definitely the player of the game there. Didn't feel like a 7-1 game for most of it, but love to see them turn it on when needed. Shoutouts to KK and Kirky. Both very impressive nights at the plate. Connor also says, one more sorry. Have to say that uh, game good, sometimes game bad, but game good is literally my new mantra. Thank you, buddy, from San Fran. It was uh, Grecian from San France. There you go, Grecian. Getting, uh, getting, getting your mantra out there. People, people believe in it. Um, I, wanted, I do want to talk about Alejandro Kirk and, uh, and Kevin Kiermeyer because in that seventh inning, the offense breaks out, right? They get runners on again after multiple double plays early in the game. Ooh, that was frustrating. Don't get me wrong. That was incredibly frustrating. Uh, but finally, it comes through. I was genuinely worried we'd be like knee-deep in offensive discourse in this one. And, and frankly, there is still some room for it after Ken Waldachuk blanks you for six innings. I don't know what that's about, but they do get to the bullpen more or less immediately. Like they, they make those relievers work right away. They could not find the strike zone in that seventh inning. Kiermaier comes through with the big base hit. He sees one pitch, which is a curveball from Sam long. The first pitch long through after relieving Zach Neal Springer delivers with a single off a four seamer right back up the middle out of the reach of everyone. The Jays eventually sent 12 men to the plate in the seventh. They get six runs out of it. Alejandro Kirk reached base four times today Four. Like he looks like a different guy from the Kirk we saw for most of the early part of 2023, doesn't he? Like it remains to be seen if this will continue, but I've said it a million times. Like you need more from your biggest bats when guys are injured, Kirk, Springer, Vladdy, and more or less all of them came through today. More Kirk and Springer to be fair. Vladdy get a single and was intentionally walked. And that single was wild, by the way, like the, the process on that one that he, he swung at three straight off speed pitches and then got aboard on a single. It's probably an AB we'll forget about in a day or two, but still like wild process to, for Wallachuk to throw him that pitch after he thr- swung it three straight off speed. And then also wild process for Vladdy for that to actually end up as a base hit. So that's that's perhaps neither here nor there nor there. Not my not my favorite Vladdy AB of the season, but but still Kirk and Springer. If you can get more from Kirky like he did tonight, that's gonna be huge. Right? Like early in the year, it just felt like one of my biggest bugaboos with him was that it felt like you weren't seeing a ton of power come from his legs, right? Like Barker has talked about that a lot. Like a lot of the, a lot of, he's a, he's like a shorter guy. So he gets a lot of the power from like the lower half of his body. And he, he, tonight he just seemed to also just swing more decisively, which will be key. Like he walked into second a few times, which is very nice to see. Like use the power Kirk, right? You have a ton of it. And if that's the biggest late season development, it will be a, a very welcome sight. Kevin Kiermeyer also going, Three of four with an RBI and a run scored as well. A very nice outing for Kiermaier, who definitely deserves a shout out. He spoke to Arden Zwelling after this ballgame. Three hits tonight for Kevin Kiermaier, including a single in the seventh. The Sparks' six-run rally. Tell me about that swing. Lefty gives you a big curveball. It's a little up, a little in. What you like about that pitch? Well, let's not forget about the three guys who drew walks, Kirky, uh, Kevin, and Santi, to, to put me in that situation. And uh, I went up there, and I was thinking about uh, taking a pitch, but I had a feeling he was going to throw me a curveball. And I, I saw it up, and and I liked what I saw and was able to, um, you know, put a, a swing on where it just, you know, dribbled in the left field. So we'll take it. And then, uh, you know, George, huge hit right after that, and then some more runs to follow. So we just try to create momentum. Whatever way possible, we you know it took us longer than we wanted to tonight, but uh, you know had a huge huge inning and uh, had some huge at bats at the most uh, critical time. Yeah, you're right. It was a collective approach in that inning, and offense was kind of hard to come by up until that point. What do you think was really working for you guys during that rally? 
uh, you know, sometimes you just need you need guys to get on base to, to elevate the guys, and, and then you don't have to, you know, I didn't need to get a hit right there. I was just trying to lift the ball, maybe get a sack fly, and, and then, you know, it's a snowball effect after that. And then one get bad after another. You know, these things can be contagious on the good and the bad end, and tonight in the seventh inning there was a lot of good, and uh, that was the difference in the game. So on the out-of-town scoreboard right behind us, it says the Texas loss tonight. That means that tomorrow you guys will wake up in postseason position. Obviously, lots of games to be played, but what does this team need to do to continue taking care of business? Just keep playing our game. We've uh, we've had a, a lot of a different energy these last four or five games, and uh, you know we sit here, we talk amongst each other, and you know this is the this is what you play for every year. Play for the playoffs, and it's so fun to be a part of. And uh, we just want to make the best of it, get our foot in any way possible. And there, yeah, like you said, there's still a lot of baseball. So you know, I know everyone wants to look at the standings and whatnot, but if if we come in the field like we will and uh, handle our business, uh, you know, we we control our destiny. We put ourselves in the best position possible, and we're going to keep trying to do that. That is Kevin Kiermeyer chatting with Arden Swelling. And uh, saying all the right things, endearing himself very quickly to Blue Jays fans in his very first year as a Blue Jay after playing for the Rays for so many years. But uh, Kiermaier actually did say there about the uh, Arden asked him about what was what was contagious in the in the in that inning, the big rally, and he talked about guys just need to get on base. And uh, I think that's something we have talked about. Blair and Barker have talked about it. I've talked about it with Ben Shulman. But the simple idea that the guys need to show some patience. Just so when pitchers are not able to locate the strike zone, don't bail them out with swings. Let them find the strike zone themselves, and neither Zach Neal or Sam Long could find the strike zone. And uh, when they did, the Blue Jays pitchers were ready. We see, we see them sit on a lot of off-speed stuff sometimes, and they, they did it again today, certainly to Ken Waldachuk, to, to not to great effect, especially when they were ended up hitting to those double plays, but uh, they did it very effectively against both the relievers that they saw in the seventh inning. Uh, I see a text here on the text line. Darren from Bolton as well says, do you think Schneider breathed a sigh of relief once Kirk made it around the bases? If he doesn't make it, he gets lambasted right now. I do want to talk about that pinch run thing or not pinch running for Kirk in the game, in the top of the seventh inning, perhaps aided a little bit by hindsight, but I think there are a few ways you can look at it. One, they, I think would rather at zero, zero at that point, they would rather gamble with the thought that Kirk might bat again instead of, and relying on his bat based on what we've seen from Kirk in the last, not just today, but in the last, like what, five, five to seven games, let's say they'd rather gamble with him coming back around instead of putting, putting in Tyler Heineman, which is not a knock on Heineman, but you know, you want the, if you're, if you're talking about the most high leverage bats, for example, then I think you do want Heineman. Uh, and of course he did come back to, around to bat that same inning, which I'm sure they didn't expect, but two, which I actually think is far more important. Kirk has been handling Bassett very well, especially with whatever finger issue was going on. So perhaps they didn't want to mess with that. And there is going to be a lot of asked of Kirk, not only offensively, but behind the plate with both with pitch calling, pitch framing, generally managing the pitcher, you know, in in a general sense. So I'm, I'm all for leaving him in there because he's just going to have to do it a ton more. So I, I do think that is a big part of it. And of course he did, like we were saying before, he reached base four times, which is very impressive considering that again, you're just going to need more. It's, we talked about cliches before, Cliches usually have a little bit of truth to them, which is why they're repeated so often. And sometimes the message gets warped, but I think a big part of the, you need more from your biggest bats is true for this team. Because as much as, as much as we want to talk about the contributions positively, they're getting from the younger guys like Ernie Clement and Spencer Horwitz and David Schneider. And certainly some of the newcomers like Dalton Varsho and Kevin Kiermeyer. you need the most from your biggest stars. And those guys right now with Bo, and Danny Jansen on the IL, it's Vladdy, it's Springer, and it's Kirk. 
And in this last stretch against weaker oppositions, hey, you know what? You've gotten that. You have gotten it. I see Jacob in Alberta texting in to say, uh, Toronto's pitching staff much better uh, in much, much better shape and deeper than any of the AL playoff hopefuls. Baltimore just lost their closer. Seattle traded away theirs. The Rays have lost three-fifths of their rotation. I don't understand the defeatist attitude to say this team has no chance. I agree. Again, you play 162 games to roll the dice in the playoffs. And again, it's it's a bit of a crapshoot once you get into the playoffs, but it is always an adventure for better or for worse. But hey, I think the Blue Jays, I, I do personally think if they can keep this up, they have a chance to do something in the playoffs, but they do have to maintain uh, this uh, this pace, keep their foot on the gas. Hey, thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special offer on rust protection, visit crown.com today. For Ben Wagner, Chris LaRue, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. Thanks for staying up late with me one last time. No more late games for the Jays this season. Blair and Barker are back to put a bow on the series tomorrow. I'm back with Ben on the weekend when the Royals are in town. Enjoy your night. I'll talk to you later.